0: Hi, you're listening to another message from Sunny Hill Church. Our prayer is that these messages encourage, empower, edify and equip you to live for Christ in 2023. Be blessed as you listen in. It's lovely to be with you on Coronation Weekend. Quite cool, really. I, I thought to myself, maybe I ought to change what I'm going to talk about. And then it occurred to me, actually, what I'm talking about is incredibly relevant to Coronation Weekend, which it works like that sometimes, doesn't it? Um, If you're new here, it's really lovely to have you. My name's Colin, uh, one of the senior leaders here. um, And it's my privilege just to share with you some of the thoughts um, that God has been putting on my heart in this series that we're going through called Disciple Shift. Now... um, I don't know if you're like me, but I have a love-hate relationship with exercise. (laughs) I love to hate it, okay? I mean, who wants to go around getting sweaty and running here and there for absolutely no reason whatsoever and lifting weights? I mean, you know... It's rather like, a, what am I doing here? This is ridiculous. Um, but some people just love that sort of thing. And I don't want to take that away from you. If you love the pain to get the gain, that's okay. <laughs> All right? Uh, it's just not me. I want something to do. I want a purpose behind it. If you kick a ball around, I'll follow it. Yeah, that's not a problem. <laughs> but running for running's sake, it's not me. That's not me. When I was a kid, I was much more sporty than I am now. Um, I I used to win uh, quite a lot of sports. I I won the school sports all-round athlete three years in a row at school. Okay, Thank you. That's how sporty I was. However, my dad used to say to me, he said, Do you know, if you can see the finish line from the start of the race, you are there every time, Colin. But if it goes around the corner and slightly goes out of sight, somehow you seem to lose interest. What's that all about? And I don't don't know about you, but you might be someone like me who's quite goal-orientated. I need to see the reason for the effort, all right? I want to see why I've got to put my 100% in before I'm willing to put it in. It may be a flaw, I don't know, but it is part of my makeup. Um, I want to know why I'm doing something, and um, I've been in sales of one sort of another for about 35 years of my life, okay? Um, in different types of roles. I started out as an actor in a theatre company, and I had to sell a character or a story on stage, Now that was great fun, I really enjoyed that. But we were a a Christian theatre company, so we used to go around trying to point people towards Jesus, trying to introduce them to the need of the fact to realise that they were spiritually lost and they needed Jesus. That was my first sales experience in many ways. But there's not a lot of money in that, so I had to earn a living. And so I did become a salesman in the end. And I've sold things like compost to garden centres, textured coating to homeowners. Uh, I've sold medical insurance and uh, um, car insurance, all sorts of things. Uh, Eventually I got some qualifications. uh, I became a financial advisor and I've been selling mortgages and life insurance ever since, basically. Um, But the thing that really surprised me was that the techniques that I learned in my acting career about um, showing people their need for Jesus was rather similar to the sales techniques I was being taught about showing people their need for a product. I thought that was an interesting twist on evangelism. Um, I think a lot of us do need to understand why we need something. We, just, we don't wake up one morning and think, right, I need this. Something has to provoke us. And even when we think, oh, like we do, we need a dishwasher, because <laughs> it broke down the other week, um, we still got to go somewhere to look up information. And someone is preparing information that looks enticing to show us why that particular product, other than anything else, is the one to go for. You are not you technically, you don't buy without someone selling to you somewhere along the line. My role, I suppose, is to gather information on people first, though. In my industry, they, they call it know your client. The more you know about someone, the better you can align a product to their needs and their desires. In our series, Disciple Shift, we've heard a lot um, about things like uh, counting the cost before you start. Uh, Luke 14 talks about those who do not give up everything cannot be my disciple. And in Luke 9 it says, they must deny themselves and pick up their cross to follow Jesus. Don't know about you, but that sounds a real buzzkill to me. I mean, it's not really the greatest sales pitch in the world, is it? Let's face it. Jesus, if he was a salesman, I don't know whether he'd win awards or not, but the weird thing was, he seemed to get results. He turned the world upside down by his message. So it can't all be about those rather heavy, negative-sounding aspects to being a disciple. Why did millions and millions and millions of people through the centuries decide to follow Jesus. Perhaps we need to look a little bit closer. I, I do think that it is a fairly easy sell to convince someone that they need Jesus as their saviour. Because if you can show them the spiritual status, that they are actually lost without Jesus, is a pretty logical step to say, yeah, I realize I need Jesus as my Savior, because ultimately I'm lost without him. That isn't so hard, at least I think it isn't that hard. The the problem comes when we then start hearing that we've got to deny ourselves to follow Jesus, We've got to pick up a cross and follow him. We've got to give up everything. A young man goes to Jesus and says, I, I, I want to know what, how to get eternal life. And Jesus said, well, what you really need is to get rid of all your worldly wealth because it's getting in the way. Then come back and follow me. Give up everything. Ooh, that's, that's heavy. That's, that's a bit too much. It's not always a comfortable idea to follow Jesus. We are in a society and in a world that prefers individuality in your own will, and doing it your way. It's one of the famous songs from funerals. I did it my way by Frank Sinatra. Okay, It seems to be part of our culture that we want to be in charge of our own life and do things our way. And yet here is this bloke from ancient past telling us that we've got to give up control of our life to follow him. Why would we want to do that? What are the pros and cons, as it were? We hear a lot about the cons, but now what are, what are the pros? I want to talk today about the fruit of discipleship. What are the benefits of To be in a disciple. Because if I want to be convinced that, yes, this is a life for me, I want to know, what do I get out of it? That might seem very selfish. Maybe I am. I am very selfish. Okay, let's accept the fact I own that. Okay, I want to know what's in it for me. You might do too. So we're going to look today about the fruit of discipleship. And I've got seven, seven, Things to talk to you about, seven benefits, seven brilliant things that um, help us to engage with this whole concept of being a disciple of Jesus. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is friendship. We have a chance to be a friend of Jesus. That can sound really simple, But for many of us, we come to Jesus with a need and say, I recognize my need of you as a Savior. You are awesome. You are brilliant. I love the fact that you're there to help me. It's a bit like we've seen um, on the streets recently. When the king approaches, everyone's there cheering, the king's here, because he He represents something we recognise we need. We need a king. Some would argue we don't, but a lot of people recognise the need and the benefits of having a king. We recognise, when we come to Jesus, our need for him. But very much like a fan, you can choose to worship God from afar. You can say, "Yeah, Jesus, he's brilliant," and like a, a, a rock concert, you're in the crowd singing along, or you're seeing the king process in front of you and waving a flag, um, or you're just you're you're just lo- loving a football team, and you're you're really into this team and the players, and they're brilliant, they play so well. You can appreciate and love. Everything about them. But that doesn't mean you have any inkling what they're really like. You don't know them as a friend. You don't hang out with them. And yet, as disciples, we get to hang out with Jesus. That's really cool. The King of Kings wants us as friends. He he said to his disciples in John 15, it says... I have called you friends. Have you ever thought of yourself as a friend of Jesus? Um, I was sent to Sunday school as a kid, and at the age of eight, I was told, you can invite Jesus to be your friend. And I thought about that and went, yeah, that sounds really cool. I'll do that. So I did. I invited Jesus to be my friend. I have to admit, I've not been the greatest friend to Jesus through my life. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride in terms of relationships. Ups and downs, yes. My commitment level has been somewhat lacking at times. But somehow, he always keeps me on the track of a friendship with him. I see him as someone that I can always turn to, 24-7. Chat through my problems with I go on dog walks every day, and I spend the whole time just talking to him because I just like his company. It's something that enriches my life by just hanging out with him. And we as disciples can have that friendship. That's one benefit. Number two, we can also enjoy deeper friendships. When you become a Christian, you realise that you're on a journey that lots of other people are on as well. We are on a journey destined for heaven, walking alongside each other, and we can learn from each other. If we commit to following Jesus, rather than just being a fan of Jesus, then we've got company. And that company are people that genuinely start to appreciate the Jesus in us. They can, we can recognize Jesus in other people. And we, we want to draw closer to them because it just encourages us. Christianity is not supposed to be just a social club. It's supposed to be a, a, a devotion. We heard about that last week. We are supposed to be devoted to fellowship and the study of Scripture. We have the ability to share what's going on inside of us with other fellow disciples. The the more we recognize Jesus in someone, I don't know about you, but for me, the more I recognize Jesus in them, the more courage I have to open up to them. Because I recognize that they will value me for being me, even though I've got flaws. Because Jesus values me. In Galatians 6, it says, we will bear one another's burdens we're there to support each other to look out for each other and to just share more deeply than maybe our other friends or even our family we can have greater relationships than any other with fellow christians in john 13 it says they will know you are my disciples by your love for each other so there's got to be something uniquely different about how we relate to other Christians. And as a disciple, we get to enjoy that deeper friendship with each other. So that's number two. Number three is a disciple is a lifetime learner. School is never out. Okay not sure everyone gets that one. Uh, some of us have not enjoyed school, uh, so maybe that concept isn't brilliant, but let's think of it a different way. If you're really into some subject or some activity, it's your passion, I don't know, fishing. It's not mine, but you could be into fishing, or you could be into some sort of creative aspect, making something, baking or, or crafts or anything really, gardening. This could be your passion. You like to spend time learning about it, you read things. And some people have the joy of turning their favourite hobby into a career. As a teenager I loved two things, one was God and the other was drama. And I got that ability, privilege of actually turning a hobby into a professional career for a while. And that was brilliant. I loved it. We have the chance to turn a loving relationship with Jesus into something that we go deeper and deeper and deeper into every day of our lives. It may take effort, but it's worth it. It's, I know some people do enjoy going to the gym. And they are willing to go through the pain to get the gain. And in some ways, learning is painful. It's humbling at times. I mean, I, I, I've been a Christian for 40 whatever years, uh, maybe f- over 50 now. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's less than that. But anyway. Um, it's humbling when you realize you don't know nothing. <laughs> and someone, someone comes along who's been a Christian for three months or something and says something and you go, wow, that blows me away. I've never thought of it like that before. It happens quite often. I run a lot of alpha courses and they really impress me sometimes with the experience with God. Another thing... If we're learning, we've got to be mindful of the environment we learn in. There's a famous saying that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And another version of that is, if you show me your five closest friends or people around you and I'll show you the character that you will become. Because we pick up all the traits, habits, ideas, attitudes of the people that we hang out with the most. We get to talk like them, we get to dress like them, we get to think like them. So whoever you're currently hanging out with is probably the people you're most comfortable with. The people that will have the greatest influence on you. As a disciple of Jesus, we get to hang out with Jesus and his mates. That's pretty cool. And that's gonna have an impact on our life. That's gonna change us from the inside out. And talking of changing us, benefit number four, the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about the fruit of discipleship. Well, part of that package comes through the Holy Spirit. So when we commit our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit engages in us Birth in us this new life we become a new creation but it doesn't stop there his job is to carry on changing us from the inside out every day in every way in 2 corinthians 3 it talks about this we are being transformed into his image the image of christ jesus being transformed by slowly slowly knocking off the rough edges of our character to reflect more and more the character of Jesus. We had Dan down here earlier. Dan's brilliant. He's in my small group. Came through, of course, a while ago. Really committed to Jesus. And he, every week, seems to come back with a funny story about how it's amazing. He he shared he was a coach driver. He used to have a lot of road rage, apparently. (laughs) Very angry man. Very frustrated. And yet, he keeps coming back... (laughs) I don't know why. He just cut me off and I, I, didn't, I didn't get angry. It was, it was amazing. Jesus must be really working in my life. And, and that transformation is happening in front of our eyes and it's brilliant to see that happening. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. These are the characteristics of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit can work on us if we let him to change us from the inside out. So much so that when the world squeezes us, nothing but Jesus pours out. Anger starts to be returned with love and patience. Gossip is not passed on. Kindness guides our next conversation. Now, that doesn't happen overnight. And we have good days and we have bad days. But as you progress with Jesus being his disciple, that work that's ongoing in our character is taking place. Until we become a little bit more attractive as people to hang out with. That's a nice thing in itself. We are bettering ourselves by hanging out with Jesus. Romans 8 talks about the fact that we can gain strength from just hanging out with Jesus. Victory over hardships, because we all face problems, they come at us. How we react to them does matter. The more Jesus there is in us, the better we will react to those problems. In verse 27, it talks about the Holy Spirit will always help us. To face those hardships. And if you go back a little bit more in verse 11, it talks about we'll never have fear of condemnation. That's a theological word, condemnation. Basically means having a sense of guilt or shame or fear over the punishment of the things that you do wrong. Condemnation. <coughs> You're condemning yourself, really. And one of the things that uh, is a benefit is that the less sin that you commit in your life, the less condemnation you have to worry about, which is quite nice. Because ultimately, yes, Jesus has done everything on the cross to, to pay for the price of our sin. But if we stop sinning, if we stop gossiping, if we stop getting uh, unnecessarily angry, if we take the better, the better route, then we've got less stress in our life. Because we're no longer feeling a sense of shame or guilt, because we are behaving in a more Christ like manner. That's a benefit. Benefit number five we will gain a greater understanding of God. If you stay close to Jesus, if you chat with him every day, if you allow the Holy Spirit to teach and mold us, if we read Scripture, we get a general sense of what God wants in his relationship with mankind. Jesus said to his disciples in John 8, Hold to my teachings, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom in knowing God. It's like something happens inside of you. This experience, this relationship you have with God, the more you know him, the more it sets something going on inside. It's like a bird taking flight, soaring out into the sky. There's something oh, it, it refreshing about it. Being a disciple means that we can gain that understanding of God. Suddenly scripture becomes exciting to find out what it's all about, what he wants for us. I always remember this story of, um, uh, I read this book called The Way Through the Wilderness uh, many, many years ago, and it told this story in there about um, the desert. It followed the Israelites going through the desert, the wilderness, experience getting out of Egypt. And um, it talked about these, these eagles that uh, occupy the desert spaces, but they have this amazing instinctive ability to recognize when a storm is coming. And what they do is they lock their wings and they use the thermals to glide higher and higher and higher and higher until literally they're almost frozen. Um, But the storm comes, but they're so high they're gliding above the storm. And I always thought that was a cool thing. And wouldn't it be great if we could rise above the storms of our life? Now, one thing I have discovered being a Christian is problems do not suddenly disappear. Life does not get easier just because you become a Christian. But your perspective of life does change. An eagle has a bird's eye view of the landscape, a bigger picture of it all. And in life, if we're a disciple, we're gaining God's perspective on the world and the issues that we face. Then we realize that it's not the end of the world if we haven't got money or a relationship. It's not the end of the world. It's a problem. It's an issue that upsets us maybe, but it isn't the end of the world. We're, we have a coping mechanism, an inner peace about it because ultimately God's in control. And we can trust him because we've got to know him. We've got to know how he helps us. We feel a sense of reassurance. That's a cool benefit, isn't it, being a disciple? Number six, we can recognize his voice if we're a disciple. John 10 says, my sheep recognize my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do you want to be a fan, cheering on Jesus and saying, yes, I want you as my saviour, or do you want to get to know him as your friend? Do you want to recognize his voice? When we know someone well, we can pick out their, their voice in a crowd. A mother can pick out their child's screaming voice in a playground from 100 miles away, <laughs> even though they're surrounded by other kids. You recognize the people that you love. My mum phones me up sometimes, and I, she doesn't have to say a word. I do go, oh, hi, mum. As soon as she opens her mouth, I know it's her. I can recognise her handwriting when she writes me a, a birthday card or something on the envelope. I, oh, that's from my mum. You recognise when someone's trying to communicate with you that you've spent a lot of time with getting to know. By hanging out with Jesus, being his disciple, we get to tune in our spiritual ears, if you like, our senses. And then when the Holy Spirit wants to drop a thought or a word into our minds, we can hear it. When when God wants to share something directly with some people or a group or a church, (coughs) uh, we call that prophecy, sharing what's on God's heart. If you ever wondered why you can't hear God's voice, the best starting point is to get to know Jesus better because you will recognize it when he's speaking to you or when the Holy Spirit is prompting you. Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. And as a disciple, we get to develop that hearing. Lastly, number seven, we can partner with Jesus. Jesus told his disciples that they were going to be the light of the world. It's Matthew 5. Matthew 28, he gave them the great commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. Disciples don't have just any life. They have a purpose-filled life. John 10 recalls how Jesus says, I've come to give you life, a life in all its fullness. That's a life that is lived on the edge. If we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, hearing Jesus' voice, taking the promptings of the Spirit's lead, we'll end up doing things we never expected to do. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, you'll do the works I have been doing and you'll do even greater things than these. Disciples get to do even greater things than Jesus did. Disciples get to see God in action. Maybe not every day, but as time goes on, you see God moving in people's lives. You see Dan telling us he's no longer got road rage every day. <laughs> you, see, you see people uh, unlocking uh, chains within their hearts. You see healing body, uh, bodies being healed. I, I've seen someone get out of a wheelchair. It's amazing to see something like that. Mind-blowing. Supernatural wonders can occur because you're in tune with what the Spirit is doing, what Jesus wants from you discipleship is ultimately about giving God the chance to show you what he's made of not just waving from the crowds but getting to know what he's made of and ultimately a disciple is also someone who gives the chance for God to show you what you're made of the possibilities are endless Life is an adventure with Jesus. We need to get our heads around that fact. If your life is boring, hang out with Jesus more often. It can be quite exciting at times. Yes, it is hard. There is a degree of sacrifice. You've got to put some effort in. But Jesus said this in Matthew 19. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. There's a real sense that if you dedicate yourself, if you devote your life um, to Jesus, to be his disciple, not just a fan, a follower of him, then the cost is worth it for the life-changing, life-enriching, life-giving experience that that relationship brings. If you want to commit yourself to that again today, we're going to have the prayer team at the side. I'll hang out there as well. Come and talk to us. Come and say, yeah, I want to give my life again to Jesus. I want to be his disciple. I want to commit myself to this once again and we'd be happy to chat with you and pray with you well let's pray now holy lords thank you um, for this challenge i do pray that we would take it on board help us to surrender control of our life and give it to you we want to follow you not just be a fan we want to be devoted to you Jesus, you are everything to us. Amen.